Welcome to I Bought a Football Club, the only podcast that deals with the business of running football clubs behind the scenes and speaking to other owners and chairmen and chief executives and people associated with, with football. So it's a, it's the show that gives you the inside knowledge of how football clubs are really run. Last week, we chatted about lots of different things and I hope you enjoyed them with Mark Hurl. And today, we and I, towards the end of that um, podcast, I did, I did state that Dave Johnson, the chairman of um, Darlington Football Club, um, and I said he, he had applied, I understand, for a Freedom of Information Act to get to the bottom of what the league um, and, the, and, the, and the National League, so that is, and the, uh, not the Football League, the National League, the FA and the DCMS, the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, had agreed when it came to the season starting, i.e., uh, did the season start with a guarantee from the government, as the National League would tell us, that here's three months grant money, it's on the house, and if and when we have a COVID situation, which is as bad as it is now or worse, we will come back to you with another plan, another set. You know, the inference always was, the inference the football clubs were given, is that we were going to be given more grants. Uh, David, I think, will tell us this is not true. Um, I have got some information after David, which will confirm uh, that it's not true. And uh, we'll go into that later on. Uh, David's only got 15 minutes, I'm sorry to say. He's a busy boy. He runs, um, uh, yeah, he's a business guy. He, he runs business companies. And I've got a, probably a weird sounding voice today because I've got a an ear infection in one of my ears, which means I've I kind of it feels like I'm up in a kind of cross between being in a swimming pool and um, up in the sky and a plane and having that ear popping scenario. You know, where you, just before it goes pop, and they give you those little lollies on the plane to suck to make you, um, which I always enjoy. Anyway, no lollies for me, uh, but I have got the blocked ear, so excuse me if I sound a little bit odd. Anyway, um, so we're going to get Dave on today. Um, I did say let's see if we can get him on the show. He was very kind enough to 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 take the call last week. We had a little chat, catch up, said hello, and he's agreed to come on today. So we'll get we'll. Find find out exactly as opposed to getting it all secondhand we get it from the horse's mouth which is which is great so we're going to deal with that um and then i'm going to deal with you know kingsland have been charged with a covid breach by the league i think this is petty i think it's unfair i think it's the rules being more important and i'm going to go through why um the rules are trumping common sense uh, it really really does annoy me um i understand the rules are there to be obeyed we've only had one issue there was a slight error, and it was an error. Um, and OK, I'd accept a don't-do-it-again kind of approach, rap on the knuckles. Lots of clubs. But, you know, the league, a small club like Kings Lynn, and I've asked the question from Mark Ives, who I've telephoned this week. He hasn't had the decency to call me back. He has spoken to lots of other chairmen, I know, but he hasn't spoken to, to us. Um, and I've asked him the question, why on earth? Um, why are we getting, you know, how, who, which other clubs have you charged? Why are you charging us on the first offence? I'd accept it if we were habitual offenders, but not on the first offence. And when I go through with you what we've actually done, it's just petty. And I just think, you know, in reality, we're at a crux position here at the, at the you know, in, with, with our football club and others, where we were promised money. It hasn't come through. I think Dave's going to say, well, I don't know. Is he going to say we've been lied to? Let's see. And then we're told, um, what's actually more important is that you might have a two or three hundred pound breach of protocol uh, of the of the um, 
of the COVID conditions, so we're going to we're going to hammer ourselves to the knot. For goodness' sake, get behind the clubs, look after us instead of attacking us all the time. It's surely what a board that gets gets behind you. Yeah, we've already had directors. Um, Dagenham last week. I had to plead on all fours to get in the ground. Dover banning all uh, away away directors. What is the point of this? You know, if if you can't go and watch a football match, you're going to make you pay for it. They're going to make you, you know, operate as a as a football club and put all the work in and do all the do all the hassle and pay all the bills. We're not even let you go and see your team because and you need to see that team because as a as a as a chairman, as a director, as an owner, as a chief executive, you need to know what's going on. Because what will happen? Let's just say there was an incident after the game. And the league would then write to me and say, what are your views on this? And if I, I can't say because I wasn't there, you know, they'll immediately find you guilty. Well, they should be preventing this. They should say, no, oh, oh OK, we, we understand people can't take the mickey and bring turn up with 20 of their, their closest friends. I accept that. But if you're going to bring two or three people, I, I mean, I, I, I asked to bring three people uh, to Dagenham. And was turned down flat. That's not excessive. Three people. Um, uh, and uh, the Premier League allows ten. Uh, you know, okay, bigger stadiums. But for goodness' sake, uh, you've got a stand of grounds of five, six thousand people. There's a hundred people in it. It is just nuts. Um, they, you know, you go shopping, you get more people in the supermarket than that. That's okay, but not. But anyway, this is clubs themselves taking part, but the league not taking action against those clubs and allowing clubs to basically do what they want. And it's just not right. You know, it's very similar to when we went to Gloucester last season and we got. Yeah, you know, we left at uh, nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, sorry, midday. Um, the league ran me at nine o'clock in the morning. I meant to say to tell me that I had to go down there. I said to them the game was unplayable and the pitch was underwater. They said no, categorically. They've been told by Gloucester the pitch is playable. So we went down there and guess what? It was underwater and the pitch wasn't playable. So I said to the groundsman, why on earth didn't you say anything? He said I told I told the league at ten o'clock in the morning. I told the powers that be. He said, which you assume would tell the league. And so then you think the league would at least do the right thing and give us our money back for the coach, but they didn't. They didn't do anything. No money back, no anything, no excuse, no no even bollocking of Gloucester to say, don't do this again. It was just given as a given thing. So I, I said, I know, not just that, our fans, you know, several several minibus loads went all the way down there too. It is an expensive job watching football matches, especially travelling to Gloucester. It's not round the corner. It's okay. It was Evesham in those days, but but you know, the first of all, the club should have had the decency to apologise and, and and send the money back for the coach. It, I, I understand it if a match gets a frozen pitch or a downpour happens just before the game. Things like that happen in life. You accept that. But this wasn't the case. This was that the pitch was underwater at nine o'clock in the morning. It had no chance of being playable the match, but yet. They made us travel and the league made us travel and then they turned around and didn't didn't rectify the situation, even though I spoke to the CEO at the time, Michael Tattersall, and his argument was to me, or well, his words to me was, I've got better things to deal with than this. That's exactly what he said to me, verbatim. That's not wrong. That's, that doesn't show, strike me as any good. Anyway, I've got that's enough of the rant from me. Let's get Dave on. Let's speak to him. See you in a second. Hi, Stephen. Um, hi, Dave. Sorry about that. Just had another call came in, which just reminds me I shall take my unplug my telephone. Apologies. Thank, thank you, Dave. Um, Dave. Dave Johnson joins us from Darlington Football Club, the chairman of. Yep. Uh, thank you, Dave, for giving up your time. So I know you're, you're a busy boy today, aren't you? Yeah, it's got some meetings there. I'm, I'm spare about 15 minutes, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, let, let, let's get on with it. So, so tell me this. First of all, I'm a bit confusing. You might better help me. Michael Tattersall resigns. OK, he's meant to. Have I got this right or wrong? He's meant to give six months notice, but he disappears in one. Yeah. Any any idea what why? <laughs> I, I don't know to be honest. Um, you know, Mike, uh, it, it said left me go and pursue things outside of football. Um, we, we, that that be down the league, I suppose. But he's gone within. He's gone very. 
what we believe is a six month notice period. So, um, I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to ask the, the league. That yeah. Question, okay. So that that's a bit of an odd one. Now, obviously, you've you've applied for the Freedom of Information Act to find out. Uh, I mean, is it right to say that that you're unsure? I mean, do do you think that the league were were, were told by the government? Um, that they would renew this grant scenario in three months' time if the COVID scenario was still around? Uh, I, I don't know that the fact, obviously, we weren't party to the meeting. Um, you know, on, on a, the board call yesterday, or the club's call yesterday, um, with uh, Keir Starmer, um, it was very clear from um, Scott, who's on the National League board, that you know both um, Mike Tattersall and the chair of the EFL left that meeting uh, convinced that the the ongoing finances were going to be grants and not sure. loans. Um, obviously, that wasn't taken in writing. I just requested, were there any minutes taken? Um, they said no. So I've applied to uh, the DCMS because I, I fully believe the DCMS will have minutes, whether they've been circulated or not. You know, they, you know, they're talking about £10 million of, of lottery funding. There will have to be a minute as to how that will be um, allocated and distributed. Mm. So we've gone to the DCMS uh, for the correspondence to try and find out um, what was discussed and you know what minutes were taken because ultimately we've started the season in good faith based on the information supplied that there was going to be grants through the season. Um, we now find ourselves in a difficult legal position um, of looking forward without any ability to pay back loans and therefore you know we're, we're facing saying the season has to stop um, and I'm just making sure that from a legal point of view the club is protected um, because ultimately we can't be forced to play and trade insolvently. So it's just a, it's a very, very sad situation we're in and, and we've got to manage our way through it best we yes, can. Yes, I agree. So what's going to happen if the league, if our league, let's just say, votes to play on, OK? And I say, well, you're then forcing me as a director to, be, to, to bet the club and become, essentially become insolvent, which would mean I'm breaching the law in the UK. What, mm -hmm. what happens then? Um, I think we'll be taking legal action. That's all we can do. You know, I would be getting uh, if if I was being asked to trade insolvently, I would refuse to do so. Um, you know, my di I'm a director of many companies um, in in the UK, and it's not just not one directorship; it's all directors affected. I can't, I will not take that risk. One, I won't put Darling me at risk, and two, um, my other companies as well. So, you know, I'll not trade insolvently, and if need be, I will take legal action to advise that we can't be forced to do something. Right. Illegal. So, and you think we? That they'll they'll buy that, will they? Yeah, or listen to that argument. <laughs> um, yes, they'll yeah. have to. Good, good. <laughs> You've got decent lawyers. Um, and, and, and what's your view? What's going to happen? Do you think the National League North and South are going to stop? Because most clubs seem to want that. But I noticed today that Boston United are saying we should carry on regardless. What, what's your view there? Well, you know, Boston obviously that's that's their opinion. They want to continue. They had a good cup run last year. Um, Got some TV revenue. I know they've um, they've got a very good squad this year, a very good sure. side this year. So I can understand they want to continue. Um, you know, however, they they may be in a fortunate position with finances to do so. Um, loans are not um, suitable for us as a football club, nor they are for about it looks like fourteen different clubs who've also registered that 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 um, same same viewpoint. So I think I think the the leagues will vote separately. Um, looking at the way that. Um, Mark Ives has, has run this so far. He's asked for independent views from each of the different leagues. So hence, you see the National League still playing North and South suspended. I think they'll do the same with this round. That we're, we're about to get correspondence out on Monday. And I think they'll say, do you want to continue or do you want to stop? Um, and for the sake of four months of, um, of pain, um, 
and taking loans on, then it's it's just not worth it when you look at looking forward to the next next ten years. So I think the I think I've got a feeling that North and South may well stop the season now, and that um, the National League may continue. But then again, it's interesting to see that the National League clubs are now, you know, when they talked about loans before, they're now talking about grants um, and whether they will you know want will apply for grants. Um, as, as discussed with Sport England yesterday, um, but we'll wait. Oh, sorry, today. But we'll yeah, but I had a chat yesterday with Sport England, and they they said to me, we, everyone has to apply for a loan first, and then if you're not given that loan, you can then apply for a grant, uh, but you have to be turned down for the loan, as in it has to be unaffordable, and that's that's decided by a chairman who's the chairman of Barclays Bank. Forget his name, but he's the he's a, the board that decides whether you can afford to pay it back or not. So that and then the problem is that that next board meeting is not till the nineteenth of February. So it means that there's no money coming out till the mid, I mean, we pay weekly, which is a bit of a problem. So you can see that you can see the issue from our perspective that we're not going to know whether we're going to get that money, and if, and in, in the meantime, we've got to keep paying the wages. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that for me, I can't see the timing working. I can't see them handling. You know, potentially sixty-eight different applications for, for for grants, and if you've got to apply, why would we want to apply for a loan? I'm not going to apply for a loan um, because we we wouldn't take a loan on because we we know we can't pay it back. You know, you, obviously, the, I'm seeing you know, you, the the favourable terms, ten years, twenty years. It still means three or four players to us. If you if you pay back over ten years, it's three different players. We've got nineteen players in our squad at the moment, and and. You know, if I've got to pay back twenty grand a year for the next ten years because we need two hundred grand to see us through the season, my squad's down to sixteen players. Now I've already got two or three out long-term injuries this season. This happens every sure. year. We'd be down to a squad of thirteen players. We wouldn't be able to fill the bench. We wouldn't be able to fulfil our fixtures. So it's not it's not sustainable. Despite other clubs' views, they may have large squads, but you know, if you want to be sustainable at this level, you know, you've got to have a certain quality of player. Um, and you've got to have a certain size of squad, and twenty thousand pounds is a hell of a lot to to lose every season, which uh, we're not prepared no. to do. Uh, it's five five percent they take it back. Is that right? Five percent of your turnover is that what they do? That's what I think I read. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. but so what? Do you think that the National League are handling this properly and correctly, or do you think they're not? I think they're I think they're into the transition. Um, you know, Mike has gone, and 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 Mark has stepped in. Um, I'd like more communication. It's been pretty quiet, and we hear a lot of you know. The first we hear stuff is when it's tweeted out from Molly Bayless. Um, I'd like the I'd like the league to start communicating to its chairman and its clubs before we hear through the media channels. To be fair, um, but um, you know, let's see how the handle is. That I think you know, Marcus walked into a situation where um, he you know he believed that we were getting grants. It's now loans. It's very difficult for him. I'm sure he's negotiating with some, trying to see if he can get us out of this. Um, but it looks as though the position of DCMS is not changing. So uh, I think, you know, it's common sense has to prevail, see what we can get the best position and then let the clubs vote. And, and that's all we can do. The bigger issues around the governance and how we got into this in the first place, I'm sure they'll be addressed um, before the start of next season. Yes, there have been talks of a no confidence vote. Have you heard about that? Um, not. I've heard it muted, but in performance, no one spoke to me directly no. about it. Um, um, but you know, I, I think you know it's a, it's a difficult situation. We've we've got to look at the, the the people we have in our leagues, the volunteers we've got. You know, we are part time people doing the best things that they can. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to have the right experience and knowledge um, of boards to, to to have the right governance from a commercial, corporate, and legal responsibility to to clearly provide direction and focus. You know. The, I think everybody will admit, um, as all the chairman of the call did the other day, because the, they're all directors of companies, to have a meeting and not take minutes is is pretty. It's it, 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 
it's 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 from a governance perspective, it's very weak. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so where that leaves us is really the votes. And as you say, if we have to continue as, a, as the national league, then it puts it puts clubs like us in real jeopardy. And I think that's a really bad thing for the league to ask any football club to play on when they physically can't afford to play on. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're talking about for two or three seasons, then you, you, you've, you've got to look at the bigger picture. Say, what? Hang on a second. What's you know, what, what's the future of the league? Where we're at? What we're doing? Sure. We know with the vaccine rollout that's coming through, that um, we we should be in a much better position. If you see it, and we're, you know, we're over. Um, I think we're thirteen or fourteen percent of the adult population vaccinated now. Around about seven and a half million people. We're doing three hundred thousand people a day. More vaccines are coming on. We're going to be in a better position by the summer. Um, so there is an end to this, and hopefully, with the right common sense, we might have a, 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 a sensible season next year with, with crowds back in football. And that's exactly what we want to do. Let's be honest, all the football clubs do. We just want to play, but we want to play in the right environment financially and also safely. And again, that's another issue that hasn't been addressed through the recent discussions, how we, you know, how we bring in testing to ensure our players. You know, they, we have a duty of care to all of our players and our staff. And we're going to have to have that, you know, that testing in, um, brought in uh, across all of the clubs that are playing, um, you know, for us to be able to continue in a safe manner. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. And then we've got to pay for that as well. But so exactly, <laughs> yeah, another one, yeah, another club. Uh, so briefly, tell tell us about Darlington. Obviously, I mean, I, I went. I never went to watch a game at the new stadium. I went there ages ago because Mister Mister Singh, the guy that owns Hartlepool, he he was he at Darlington. Have I got that wrong? Yeah. Yes, he was there many, many years ago. Yeah. Yes, um, I think there's, you know, the, there's a bit of history there. Um, the club did fall in out of the league and fall down five divisions, and we're building our way back. Um, I got involved probably two years ago. Um, I was asked by um, by Martin Gray and Dave Hodgson to get back involved. Uh, well, to get involved, I was I'd returned from working in in the city, and um, I, I technically retired at that point. But then um, I'm, I'm working again now. <laughs> got involved with again, but but I got involved with Darlington, and, and look, it's been it's been a great journey. But we've we've, we've done nothing yet. You know, all we've done is stabilise the club off the field. We've got a good board of directors. We've got a great working relationship with the supporters group board that are elected by the fans, and people see that the club is being run off the field um, in the right manner. You know, monthly board meetings, have been a proper loss cash flow, um, looking at um, the right diligence and controls. We have all of that now. And it's about giving Alan now um, a budget so he can compete on the field. And you know, over the next two years, that budget will get better. I, th- I think what a lot of um, people maybe don't recognise is that when Darling fell out of the league, there was 500 fans put together season ticket money for five years to help pay for stands and infrastructure to enable the club to operate at the level. So when you see a crowd of 1,500, there's no gate revenue coming from 500 of them. Right. It's been spent in the past. On, on stands, etc., which is brilliant support by the club. You know, the fans are absolutely superb. At the club. They, they, they'll do everything for us, and I can't you know, speak highly above them. Um, but ultimately, as that five-year starts to expire next year, we start to get paying public coming back. And in two years' time, we'll get the full benefit of those 500 fans. Now, if you think about that on you know, an average of maybe £9 or £10 um, blended rate with Adelson kids, um, that puts a lot more into the playing budget and it should mean that we'll be more than competitive in, in, in the next you know, 18 months or two years. Even though what we've got on paper at the moment is still a very competitive squad, it's just we need more depth to that squad and a bit more experience and, in, in, and strength in, other, in a couple of positions. But that will come in the next couple of years. Yeah. And so how have you managed to survive without that money? Have you been putting money in personally or has it been sponsorship or, or 
or what? Um, there's a couple of things. The fans have been brilliant. The fans boost the budget every year. Over £100,000 goes in on monthly direct debit from all the fans' uh, wages. I've put a little bit of money into the club to, to clear off some of the, the outstanding debt, but it's it's not a huge not a huge sum I've put in, um, about 50k. Um, but the um, where we are in moving forward, it, it, it's around you know securing our own ground. It's about um, plotting that way back to the football league, and you know, that doesn't happen overnight. But we you know we're slowly putting the infrastructure in place behind the club. We're slowly getting the product right on the field, and you know I, I'm I'm very excited about the future. It's just it's not going to come immediately overnight. It's going to take a couple of years to build that. Of course. Okay. So final point. Um, you you want to stop playing, but you're in the FA Trophy next week against our mates from Wildstone. Yes. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to take direction from the league. You know, it, there has been an example. Obviously, Marine was suspended at their level, yet they still continued to play in the FA Cup without the ability sure, to train. Sure. So we may be able just to take our play, our staff back off furlough. Yeah. Pl- play the game and put them back on a furlough, and then just continue playing in the FA Trophy. Let's wait and see. Um, you know, it's something we probably will do because of the. If, it, if allowed, because of the the prize money that's with it, will will offset some of the costs associated with doing the testing, etc., to make sure the players are playing in a safe manner. Sure. And would you fancy your chances against Wilster? Um, to be perfectly honest, I, you know, on our day, I fancy our chances against um, uh, side, but we've been we've been a lot very inconsistent at home. Um, had a very good run in the FA Cup, and um, you know, a decent run in the trophy. We just need that consistency, but it's very, very difficult when you stop, start, stop, start with COVID. I'm sure every club's feeling that at the moment. But look, we'll give it a go. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, obviously, full time against a full time outfit with probably for the players, it's going to be tough. Yeah, of course. But you're um, you're no doubt put up a good show because that's what you do. Yeah. So exactly, yeah, that's what you do. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on, explaining that. It's quite it's quite interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results. How, how long have we got to wait for the, uh, the the information to come come back from the government? I think we'll find out. Uh, we, I think we'll be the league will be voting on uh, on Monday, I believe, and then we'll probably find out with on Monday or Tuesday next week around whether the league's suspended or not. But uh, it's um, you know, let's see. There's a lot. The, the, things are changing daily here, and there's a lot. There's, there's a political pressure behind you know with with Keir Starmer and the government getting involved, and a lot of local MPs getting involved. So who knows what's going to happen over the weekend and by Monday? Yeah, one never knows. And the freedom of the Freedom of Information Act will that be back in a couple of weeks or? Rough 20 days is the standard, but that's if everything goes to plan. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do, do you have a feeling that information is going to be withheld? Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 I wouldn't have thought so. You know, yeah. I, if it's if it's um, if it's public information, you know, I think what I've asked for is DCMS minutes. You know, if they can if they can provide supplies to us, we can see what they're minuted. And I'm, obviously, I think they've very clearly said it was there was no guarantee of grants. As that was my view. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Dave, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. Anytime, Stephen. Good, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah. If it continues. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Thank you. All the very best. Bye bye now. Bye bye. So, welcome back. Short, sharp, and brief, but it had to be that way because Dave was a busy boy, and I thought it was an interesting conversation. And I think Dave is a, you know, an experienced diplomat, um, and he obviously he's not going to say too much until he gets those, and rightly so, until he gets the. Um, results through of his uh, freedom of information from the DCMS. However, I have got some information. So this is where it gets very interesting. Um, I spoke to someone who I won't name, who spoke directly with the sports minister, not not someone in the department, but with the sports minister. So this is direct. This is not a second hand, third hand, fourth hand conversation. OK, um, I made the point, several points. But one of the points was why bother? 
um, furloughing us. Why bother not giving us the grants? Because if it all stops, everyone's going to furlough. It's going to cost the governments more money. The government's view on that, by the way, is very simple. It's the DCMS's pot. And because it's their pot, they couldn't care less where the other money comes from. They just want it to come out of, they don't want it to come out of their pot. But the problem with that approach, in my opinion, is it needs someone from the Treasury to oversee it and say, well, guess what? This is costing the club, the country, sorry, the limited company, the country, the PLC that it is, in actual fact, the taxpayer, indirectly or directly, uh, money. So why are we doing this? And I believe um, categorically that um, it's it's the wrong decision. However, let's look at it from the DCMS's point or viewpoint. And I think this is a very interesting viewpoint. So the sports minister said the following. He's sympathetic to our position, but he's adamant. Now note the word adamant. That's not that doesn't give a three or four percent chance of there being a mistake. He's adamant. It's a hundred percent basically. Adamant that the DCMS never told the National League that there would be grants. So we were never told that. It was a lie if we if we said that we did say that. Now we were given the impression that they were they were coming. That was the inference that we were we were put under. Yeah, um, the grant now uh, and it's, I've got to correct a little bit with Dave there because what he's saying is he doesn't want to apply for a, a loan. Uh, but he has to apply for a loan to get the grant because you have to be turned down for the loan and then they give you a grant. Now, he may not have to accept the loan, but he has to apply for the loan. They decide whether he's affordable or not. If it's not affordable, they give you a grant. If it is affordable, they don't. They give you a loan. If you don't need the money because you're super rich, you get nothing, which is understandable. I think that's fair. So um, uh, he, he also said to me, my contact, that the National League, the way that the National League, and he, what he means by this is not the National League, but the certain clubs in the National League, the Herefords of this world, etc., have acted and distributed the 10 million has definitely coloured this discussion, was the words that he used, which is a very interesting word. And I think that is a point. So the government are fed up. And I get them. I get this argument from them. They've given us some money. And then there's been a whole load of people arguing. Because the point is, there's lots of clubs at the moment who are trying to. Uh, I got a call from Solihull Moors very late on Friday night, wanting to know what, how we would vote. Now, the point is this. It, it, if there's no money, they accept that. And they're, they're rich enough. They can afford to play on. But when there is money, then they all want the money. That's the problem. So it, 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 it's, a, it's completely and utterly... Ridiculous, because what it means is that the season will never get complete um, and they need the season to complete themselves, these bigger clubs, for them to be able to get promotion. So by taking away the money from the smaller clubs actually you know, affects their chances of actually being able to achieve promotion, which is essentially what they're doing. Um, now, um, that's it. And he's also told me categorically, final point, that they won't budge. He says it's completely and utterly... 100% they're not going to budge. So they're not going to move their position. Now, that this may not age well. Historically, it might come out that I'm incorrect, but that's as it stands at the moment, that that's the, that, that's the situation. So the DCMS is saying they never said anything. So what, what, in my opinion, should have happened is that the National League should have said, look, boys, we've got £11 million worth of grants here. We're going to divvy it up as we feel, see fit. But in three months' time, once that's gone, if COVID is still with us, there is no guarantee that you're going to get any more money. Do you want to go ahead on that basis? And that's how I believe they should have acted. But they didn't do that. They took the decision for us. They didn't tell us. And I think that's that. That's a big question mark. It leaves it hanging. Now, going on. So, look, I, I, I'm a, as I always say, I'm a pragmatist. I want to get things done. I want to get sort, sort things out. But today, I, in the middle of all this, the, the, the board of the league should surely be dealing with sorting out the club's future. There's a lot of clubs at fault uh, with, with issues here. 
but yet I get a COVID charge. And so let me explain to you why this COVID charge is absolutely ridiculous. So these are the league rules. If you have a someone who's on a on a on a, in a, in a, on a you know hasn't got COVID symptoms, you should not test them under any circumstances. They should not be tested. That's the deal. If someone exhibits symptoms, they should be tested with a probably a lateral flow test, something of that nature. If they're positive, they then go to the NHS to have the fernal test to see whether that's done. And, and, and during that process, the National League should be kept informed. All right. So I take that and I get that. So let's go back to our situation. On the 22nd of December, Kings Lynn went to Alpherton in the FA Trophy. After this game, the following day, so not no one knew about it on that day, the 23rd of December, the Paul Bastock, the assistant manager, found out that his mate that he's been playing golf with, so nothing connected to the football club, no one connected to the football club, had tested positive for COVID. Now, Paul says he's only been outside with him. Maybe true. Who knows? But the point is, he therefore went and had a test. Now, he should not have had that test by the National League rules. And there's the error. Now, we should have therefore told the National League at that point, that he was having a test. But they would have said, don't have the test. So you can see the problem. So we, for, but, but Paul didn't tell us. He went and had the test. We found out that was on the 23rd of December. On the 25th of December, we found out that he was positive. OK, so at that point, we tell the National League. Now, what the National League, why we're being, there's two reasons we're being charged. This is the first one. So what they're saying is we made a mistake that we should have told them that the that 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 Paul had had a test, even though there were regulations and rules state that we shouldn't have one. So you can see the 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 problem I've got with it. Yes, okay, it's a minor technicality, but in reality, we're arguing over you know over nothing. The club, everyone connected with the club, hadn't come back to the football club or or re re got together as a group. So since that point, so. I accept the leagues. What the league did after that was right. They suspended us from the competition, and we had to not play for ten days, whatever it was. It was fourteen? They reduced it to ten. That wouldn't happen in the Premiership, by the way. What what would have happened is they would have isolated or tested, and they would have isolated those individuals that had it. There was no. In the meantime, by the way, we did test everyone. Everyone had tests, and no one was positive. All right, so we did. And, and Collins, the peak, who's the man that puts all this together and gives us the rules, his argument is that it's a 48 hours. I accept that. It is 48 hours before it comes through. But the point is, so you've got to cancel the Boxing Day fixture because of that. I accept that. But if you've got everyone tested on the 25th and the, the, the contact with the 22nd, surely by the 27th or 28th, you could have had the test anyway, again, and we would have been clear to, clear to play. But anyway, that's not the case. Instead of that, the National League preferred to postpone the fixture. So they postponed the fixture against uh, Notts County. I wrote an email to Notts County hoping that common sense would prevail. Notts County didn't think that was the correct thing. They submitted that email to Colin. I just said, hopefully, I said, look, Boxing Day is looking dangerous, but but, it, but hopefully if, we, if we've all tested negative, there's no reason why Boxing Day, uh, New Year's Day can't go ahead. Uh, and uh, that was forwarded on to Colin Pete by Jason Turner. So it's a bit of a shame. But anyway, that, that's, that's what happened. Now, at this point... We have another player who goes down with coronavirus, uh, hasn't been to the club since. He got, we don't know about it until the 3rd. So on the 3rd of January, we come out of our COVID isolation and some of the lads come back to training. Aaron Jones is not one of them because Aaron Jones has contracted COVID, not through the Paul Bastock incident, but through outside of it. 
his girlfriend lives in London, so they may have got it there. We don't know, but he's got it there and he's feeling a bit groggy. He has got the symptoms, so he had to test. So I accept that. So therefore, he tested. He tested positive. I think that happened on the 4th. Um, but clearly, we didn't we, we didn't know un until until that point. Now, he hasn't been back to the football club since. The, uh, the last time he had connections with anyone at the club was the 22nd of December. So where the, we made the error, and I accept it's an error, is, is we assume that because he hadn't been there, he, he, we've told him to isolate further for a further 14 days. He wasn't coming back. So therefore, we didn't see any issue in not telling the league. What we should have done, we should have told the league. Halifax took place. Still, no one's got coronavirus, by the way. But the game took place on the 9th. And then the league were notified about it. Uh, they think we were trying to cover it up. We weren't trying to cover it up. Uh, if we were trying to cover it up, you know, I, I, we weren't. There's a number of facts I can prove that we weren't trying to cover it up. Anyway, the point is, on the the, the league then, we, we are meant to be playing Altrincham away on the 12th. They then postpone our fixture. Now, I've said it's ridiculous. The lad hasn't come... Because if I... Let's look at it the other way. Had we have done the right thing, and I said we did the wrong thing at that point, but had we done the right thing and said, Colin, this, this lad has got coronavirus, he would have then gone to the doctor and said... Do your report. The doctor would have done his report, which he did do two days later, which would have said that he had, he had no contact with anyone so whatever from the football club for, since the 22nd of December. Therefore, there is no risk. He did exactly that two days later. But by that point, the game had been postponed. I thought the idea of leagues, was if we were trying to get games played, is to get them played when there's no risk to people. But anyway, what happened was the league said, no, that's not the case. I'm very sorry. Um, you therefore have to postpone that fixture. And to my mind, that is... You know, it's rules getting in the way of in the way of common sense, and I accept we've broken the rules. We didn't realise we've broken the rules. We just thought the guy's not been around. So why not? Why why you know make the make the big solemn dance about it? We know they're busy. We've got lots of things to do. We were trying to make things easy. Next time we'll we'll do it. Of course we'll do it, and we'll we'll relate to them that the guy's got uh, coronavirus, and and then the next game that will be will be you know off. And I understand the league are upset because lots of clubs are trying to get out of fixtures sometimes when it doesn't suit them. We're the opposite. We're trying to play games, uh, but the league aren't allowing us to do so. So that's why I got. Well, I don't think it's right, um, because the net result of it all is. You know, well, you can make your own minds up, but I, you know, the first, the first one, he shouldn't have had the test, and if we hadn't have had the test, we wouldn't. Have, I mean, surely the sensible thing is to have the test if someone near you's got it. Um, but you're not just, you, know, you haven't got any symptoms, you're not exhibiting symptoms, so don't have the test of the league position. We wanted to, and by having that test, it's caused the problem, which we shouldn't have done by the old league rules. And then the second one, okay, we should have told them that he had gone down with it, but he hadn't been in contact with anyone. So we thought, why bother them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, got lots to do on their plate. Let's come back with them another time once it's all calmed down. And then they postponed our game against Altrincham, which we wanted to play, contrary to what some Altrincham fans will tell you. And then um, then the idea would have been that we would have uh, you know, carried on as per normal. But in actual fact, all the league did was they got the, desk, the, the letter the day later from the doctor, agreed with the position, which is what I've just said to you. And then they said, you're back on, you can, you can now re resume training and go back into games. Anyway, that's it. But I've now got today a 15 page document I've got to fill in, came through tonight uh, and I've got to answer within seven days and accept a fine. And I, I just find this that, you know, you want a board that are working for you together. I accept, you know, OK, I, if, we, if we were consistently offending, we haven't offended. This is the only time we've made any mistakes about it. Um, I would accept a wrap around the knuckle. And I, 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 would, I would accept a wrap around the knuckles for this. Just say, don't do it again. But is it really necessary to drag us through and make us go and, you know, have all this paperwork, you know, surely the league should be more bothered about trying to sort the season out and get on with that, the board, than give me a hard time 
with this stuff, but clearly not. Clearly priorities are elsewhere. But that's it. Um, so that's the story with that. Um, I will put our things through. We'll lose, by the way. You never win these things, but I'll make the points that we've, we, you know, I'll make the points that I've just made to you and I will come back to you with the outcome, but I'll tell you now we won't win because we never do. Um, it's very, very difficult to win unless you get a barrister of some repute and that's going to cost you thousands of pounds and frankly, it's not worth it because there's better to pay the fine, which is what, of course, the league knows and relies on and therefore... Um, the, 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 the farce carries on. Anyway, um, that's the story. I hope that was interesting. Uh, tomorrow we play Wrexham. Looking forward to that. It's a big game uh, for Kings Lynn and for myself because some of you know I was very close to buying Wrexham some nearly 10 years ago now. And um, when I, in those days, they are in the National League. They're the longest serving club in the National League and they're still there. Um, they haven't moved on with those 10 years even though that they thought fan ownership was the way. They did it and it's been a disaster and now they're backing out of it and going into the ownership of Hollywood moguls Ryan Reynolds and another chap called Rob Mook something which I can never pronounce. But anyway, he, I'm sure, and uh, both of them are going to be, they're not going to be there tomorrow, but their uh, colleague is going to be there who's looking after things, another a British comedian actually called Humphrey Kerr. And uh, yeah, they're coming down tonight. Uh, staying in Kings Lynn uh, and looking forward to seeing that game. It's a good, great game of football it, it, it will be. And um, I've written a piece about it in the EDP for tomorrow. So those of you that are local will be able to buy that. Those of you that aren't can look at it online. Anyway, there we go. Um, that's the game. And then we'll see what happens. But to, just to finalise, votes next week. We'll see, what, we'll see how life develops. Um, if we, the National League North and the South, I think will shut down next next week. If that happens, there'll be no relegation. That make some of you will think, well, that suits us. I don't think we're, you know, I think we're going to be okay. We try hard, but the reality is, it's putting me in a very awkward situation to bet the club, and I hope that the league won't do that. That if we can't afford to take place, we will have to sit it out. And now I'm happy if we're not asking for eighty-four grand, by the way, but we need something to get us through it because otherwise it's physically impossible to have no income whatsoever. Uh, we've already had no income for January. We've got to go into February now with a bit more and it just can't go on forever and ever and ever. It needs to stop. Uh, lots of people have lost personal incomes, you know, me included. Um, so it's not our fault. The country are stopping us working and until it goes back to normal, we're not able to change things. So that's it. We just have to... We just have to see. Um, having said all of that, I'd much rather play the games if we could. I'd much rather, because I think we're not that far away from the playoff places. We might not get nowhere near them. But the point is, I'd much rather play football than not play football. But it, but it is also a question of affordability and um, being made sure that we can actually um, you know, do what we what we can do. Um, so I hope you all have a safe weekend. Those of you that want to stream the game tomorrow, we've got a three-man, a three-camera stream. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, it'll be a great game of football, passionate and all that kind of thing. So that will be super. Um, I hope your clubs, if you're not watching the Kings League game, you're not streaming that, you enjoy whatever game you're watching. And hopefully soon we'll get some answers and we'll be have a little bit more clarity moving forward. And we'll pick that up next week, um, towards the end of next week, once we know where we are. Have a great weekend. Bye.